him for who he is this morning. Thank him for what he's done, but more so for who he is. Hallelujah. And that we know him. John chapter 10 and verse number 7 this morning. John chapter number 10 and verse number 7. The Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you this morning for your presence. Lord, thank you for just passing by this morning. God, through singing, through testifying, through the offering. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word now. God, I ask you this morning to give us liberty and vocabulary these next few moments. May you be glorified and magnified, and we'll love you and thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I think all the Word of God is, is wonderful and, and tremendous. And it's hard to say that one passage is, is greater than the other. It's hard to elevate one passage greater than another because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen? Every verse, every, every word of the Word of God will help you. But I think sometimes we read Scriptures that seem to just get our attention and stand out a little bit more than others. And when I read these three verses that we've read this morning, I think these are three wonderful verses of Scripture as we think about the Gospel of John and as Christ uh, uh, uses those seven uh, I am's throughout the Gospel. And John recorded them as Christ said in chapter number 6 that he said, I am the bread of life. And Jesus is the bread of life. And then he said in John chapter number 8, I am the light of the world. And Jesus is... Uh, of the light of the world. He said in John chapter 6, he that believeth in me, or he that cometh to me will never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. And he said in John chapter 8, he that followeth after me shall never walk in darkness. Amen. I'm glad there's a promise if you come, there's a promise if you believe, and there's a promise if you'll follow. Amen. You know why? Because it's all in him. It's all in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we think about out this morning our text Christ uses this statement here as he says I am the door amen and I want you to see in verse number 7 we see the door of the sheep here as Christ said I am the door by me if any man in verse number 7 verily verily I say to you I am the door of the sheep all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them and Jesus says in verse number 7 that he is the door of the sheep I would say about verse 7 that this is a true statement as Christ uses that word verily, verily which means truly, truly and you know anything that Jesus ever said and ever has said and ever will say is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and so this is a true statement this is also the third statement of the I Am series in John's Gospel as I mentioned he said I am the bread of life I am the light of the world and now he says I am the door and so we see here in verse 7 the door of the sheep then in verse number 8 we see the dividers of the sheep Christ points them out as he says all that came before me all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them and when Jesus talks about these dividers of the sheep he mentions their time he said all that ever came before me now he's not talking about the prophets amen he's not 
talking about the word of God. He's not talking about those that preach the word of God. But he's talking about the Pharisees. And he's talking about the Sadducees. He's talking about organized religion. Man-made traditions that are not in the word of God. He said all that ever came before me. He defines the time. And then he defines their title. He calls them thieves and he calls them robbers. Amen. You know sometimes when a preacher preaches people say well y'all not say things like that or y'all not call people that I'll tell you they'd have a hard time swallowing what Jesus preached amen he called them thieves and robbers you know why because they took away from the word of God they took away from the truth Jesus preached the truth and anyone that doesn't preach the truth Christ said they're a thief and they're a robber why because they divide the sheep amen there's the door of the sheep in verse 7 but there's the dividers of the sheep in verse 8 and that's the thieves and the robbers and he defines their tragedy what is their tragedy the tragedy is the sheep did not hear them I'm telling you listen those that know the truth and those that believe the truth and those that walk in the truth thank God they'll not be deceived by those that don't preach the truth amen you see I don't got to study Mormonism I don't need to study the Jehovah's false witness I don't need to study Catholicism this morning all I need to do is receive the truth and study the truth and thank God Jesus said and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free I'm telling you the more truth you know the more freer you're going to live amen don't get off and study a bunch of thieves and robbers listen a man writes a book or he endorses a bible and it's not the King James I'm not buying it and not putting it on my shelf I'm not listen I'm not keeping heresy in the house somebody say man I'm telling you friend I'm just going to stick with what I know is right and stick with what I know is true because you can live in freedom if you do amen and so there's the door of the sheep there's the dividers of the sheep but when we get to verse 9 our text this morning I want you to see the door of salvation this morning because Jesus makes this statement a second time in verse number 7 or verse number verse number 11 or verse number 9 I'll get it here in a second he said I am the door amen he said it in verse number 7 he said I'm the door of the sheep and then in verse number 9 he says I am the door Jesus is making this statement a second time and he's not just talking about sheep but thank God he's talking about salvation amen when you look at that little phrase I am the door by me if any man enter in notice that little phrase this morning because it doesn't have just to do with sheep but it has to do with salvation can I get a witness on that you say what do you mean well I see the Lord of salvation as Christ said I am the door I'm telling you this morning if you're going to get saved you're going to have to go through Jesus Christ you know why because he's a doorway into life he's a doorway into heaven he's a doorway of salvation I'm talking about the Lord of salvation it's not in a plan it's in a person amen it's not in a new leaf it's in a new life amen I'm telling you that life is in Christ he is the Lord of salvation and then I see the limit of salvation here. You say, what do you mean? He said, I am the door. Notice that in the next two words, uh, he said, by me. Amen. You say, is salvation limited? It is if you don't go through the door. And you don't go through the right door this morning. If you go through the door of salvation, you'll not be saved. 
If you go through the door of, of uh, I mean the door of religion, you'll not be saved. If you go through the door of works, you'll not be saved. If you go through the, the door of good deeds, you'll not be saved. But if you go through the door of salvation, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, then you will be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12 said, Neither is there salvation any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, hey, Christ is the door. Uh, he's the Lord of salvation. And the only way a man can limit himself is by rejecting Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so we see the limit of salvation. We see the largeness of salvation. Look what he said. He said, I am the door by me. Notice this next phrase. If any man... Well, I'll tell you, Calvinists don't like that this morning, do they? You know who salvation is for? Right there it is. Any man. And the condition is not laid upon God's shoulders. It's laid upon man's shoulders. It's not God that's doing the choosing. It's man that's doing the choosing. God gave man a free will. And God has a free will. And God's will is, uh, is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, the Father gave His Son and the Son gave His life. Uh, and Jesus Christ is the door. And the largeness of salvation is that, my friend, it's not limited uh, to just a certain nationality. It's not limited to just a certain generation or a certain race. I would tell you this morning the largest of salvation is if any man wants to be saved, he can be saved. If you're here this morning and you're lost without God and you know that you need a Savior and you realize you can't save yourself and you believe Jesus died for you and that He rose again and He wants to save you. If you'll come by way of the cross and the shed blood of Calvary, you can be saved because you're any man and God wants wants to save you this morning. He will save you. He wants to save you. He's willing to save the largeness of salvation. And then there's the lesson of salvation. What is the lesson of salvation? Look at it again. I am the door by me. If any man notice this, he enters in. You know what the lesson of salvation is here? Is that if you want to be saved, you can be saved. But you've got to enter in. You've got to go through the door to be saved. Sitting on a church pew, knowing that you need to be saved and wanting to be saved will not get you through the door. You know, I know where the doors are in this room. There's a door right there. And there's a door over there. And there's a door over there. And if I want to go out into the parking lot, I go through that door. If I want to go up into the Sunday school wing, I go through that door. If I need to go use the restroom, I go through that door. If I want to go out behind the church, I go through that door. I'm telling you where I'm headed to, uh, listen, has everything uh, to do with the door that I go through. Now if I say, you know what? I, I want to go to the restroom uh, and I'm going to go through that door. Well, it's going to be a long ways around because I'm going to wind up in the wrong place. Amen? That doesn't lead to the restroom. Uh, if you say, well, I want to go to the parking lot and I want to go out front where my car is parked and you go through that door it's not going to help you if you go through that door leading to the restroom it's not going to get you in the parking lot and so it is men have tried many different doorways to try to get to heaven because they don't want to enter in that one door you know why? because it's God's way and the Bible said there is a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof you got to think about what's the end when you go through that door where are you going to wind up at I'm telling you friend if you're going to heaven you're going 
going to have to go through the only door that God has got. And thank God there's not ten different doors. I'm glad there is just one way to the pearly gate. I'm glad the way is straight and it's narrow. There's just one way that leads to home and it's through Jesus Christ our Lord this morning. That's the lesson of salvation. You want in, you got to enter in this morning. The way has been made. It's up to you to enter in this morning. And then there's the leading of salvation. Because from the rest of this verse, Jesus is going to tell us what happens when a man enters in the door. Jesus, the door. I'm preaching on Jesus, the door to heaven. Jesus, the door to... Look what happens to a man in verse number 9 when he enters into this door. I would first say this before we look at it this morning. It might even pose the question, why would you want to go through this doorway? You might be a sinner here this morning and say, why would I want to go through this doorway? I want you to think about a door for just a moment. You see, a door is of a necessity. One must uh, go through the door to enter in. And so it is with Christ. Uh, And a door is really the property of the owner. The man who owns the house owns the door. Isn't that right? The man who owns the house, he's got the rights to the door. You see, the door is under the command of the owner. He decides when it's open. He decides when it's locked. He decides when it's unlocked. And can I tell you this morning, to go to heaven, the doorway of Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, to enter in through him, it's of great necessity this morning. And can I tell you, it is the property of his owner. Uh, my friend the Father and the Son are in perfect union uh, and thank God the way of salvation has been given and the Father has opened the doorway uh, for every sinner to enter to heaven uh, uh, but it's through His Son this morning a door is placed uh, as a legal entrance, amen, I'm telling you I'll not be a stranger when I get to that land uh, when I get to heaven, friend uh, uh, because I'm not coming on my own merit, I'm not coming on my own way uh, but I'll plead the blood uh, I'll plead the Son of God, uh, I'll plead the Lord Jesus Christ and I'll have a right legally to enter in not by my righteousness but by his righteousness a door is a common passage that all can go through it it's simple it's easy to use a child can even go through a door and this morning salvation is simple A door is the place that welcomes the family, strangers, children, the needy. And so it is with salvation, the door of salvation. Jesus welcomes all this morning. A door is for the use of all, for kings, for presidents, for poor men, for beggars, for paupers. doesn't matter who they are, where they're from. A door can be used by everyone that's willing to go through it. And salvation is for all. A door allows access to the best parts of the house. And can I tell you this morning, the best thing, that ever happened to me is when I walked through that doorway. The best thing that ever happened to you was the day that you got saved. I'm saying this morning a door divides. It secures. It opens. It gives access. And so it is with Christ. He took us out of darkness and He put us in light. He secures us in His own arms and in His own self. We're in His hands this morning. He opened a way of salvation. He made a way for you and I. And He gives us access to the throne of grace and mercy. We can come by that doorway. You say, how can you get in the throne of God? Because of being through the doorway of salvation. Uh, and thank God that the doorway of salvation it leads to the throne of grace. Uh, it gets you right into the throne room. Uh, a doorway is an entrance uh, and it's an exit to all that come by way of it. Amen. 
You see, if I walk through that doorway this morning, I'm entering the foyer, but I'm exiting the sanctuary. On one side, it represents an entrance. On the other side, it represents an exit. Revelation 4 and verse 1, John said, Behold, he said a door was opened in heaven. And the voice that spake out, he said, was that of a trumpet. He said, Come up hither, and I'll show you things that must be hereafter. When John went through that doorway, on this side he left one side. He exited this world, but thank God he entered another world. I'm telling you on Wednesday, about 7.30, somewhere around 7.30, Brother Paul Lyons, uh, he went through that portal, that doorway. He exited this world, but thank God he entered another world. Uh, I'm telling you, he went through that door. You know why? Because a long time ago, uh, he went through that same doorway, uh, that sub-salvation. Uh, he knew Christ. Uh, he knew God and the free pardon of sin. Uh, and thank God when it came to die, he left this world. Uh, he exited this way, and he entered into another land. He exited a world of turmoil and trouble, a world of problems, a world of frustrations. But thank God he entered a land of rest. He entered a land that's fairer than day. He exited a world of suffering. And thank God he entered a world of splendor. He, let my friend, exited a world of grief. But he entered a world of glory. Hallelujah. He exited a world of storms and shadows and struggles. But he entered a world, thank God, of sunshine. Thank God, I'm telling you, there is a better day coming and my friend you and I one day we'll all go through that doorway hallelujah and Jesus tells us that this door leads to some things and it's him this morning Jesus is the door of salvation look at three things he gives and we'll be through number one I would say this morning that this doorway gives us protection he said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, notice this phrase, he shall be saved. Thank God this morning, if, you're sa- if you've been through that doorway, you know what it is to be saved this morning. You might say, preacher, saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from self. Saved from society. Saved from Satan this morning. Saved from heartaches. Saved from home breaks. Saved from hurt. Saved from hell this morning. I'm telling you, saved. It doesn't it feel good to know that you're saved today. And if you don't know that you're saved, thank God you can know that you're saved. You've got to trust the door. Amen. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust what you've done or where you are or who you are this morning. But you can trust Jesus Christ this morning. I know that I'm saved because I'm trusting that doorway. And that doorway gives us protection. I'm not saved on based on how I feel. I'm not saved based on what I did the day I went to the altar. I'm not saved, my friend, based on what others say this morning. I'm saved this morning based off what the Bible says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, the Bible says, shall be saved. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, I called upon the name of the Lord the best way that I knew how. I may have not said what you said, and you may have not said what I said, but the best way I knew how. I called on the name of Jesus Christ. I didn't even say the name Jesus Christ when I got saved. But I believed Jesus Christ was my Savior. I believed He was the only way that I could get to heaven. Thank God. And my friend this morning, there is a deep settled peace that I know that I'm saved. Paul said this, I know whom I have believed in. 
And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thank God I'm not keeping myself saved. Y'all still with me? I'm not trying to be saved. I'm not hoping that I'm saved. I'm not, I'm not working to be saved. Amen. Uh, listen, uh, when I first got saved, I liked that old song uh, that said, If anyone makes it, Lord, surely I will. I loved that old song when I first heard it. And then I liked that old song, I'm building a bridge across the great divide. I'm building it strong and I'm building it wide. I love that song. I mean, I, I'd hear, I'd listen, I'd hear, so, uh, there was one group I used to listen to. I won't tell you who they are, uh, but I used to listen to them. I said, man, they can sing that song. And one day my preacher said, you know that's not scriptural, don't you? I said, don't tell me that because I like the tune. He said, boy, you ain't building nothing. He said, and if you did, he said, don't you know it'd collapse? You're not building no bridge. Then one day I heard a preacher preaching. He said he blew that song out. If anyone makes it, I said, "Oh, don't blow that song out." He said, "If anyone makes it, Lord, surely I will." He said, "You better be going on a surely on something better than a surely I will. You better have a blessed assurance on the inside." I said, "Well, I call them songs, Amen." But I want to tell you this morning, I don't have a hope so, think so, maybe so, probably so. But you have a no so salvation because we're not keeping ourselves but our protection is not in what we did. It's in what he did. You need to quit trying to worry and figure out, did I do this right? Did I do that right? Can I tell you what needed to be done right? It was done right 2,000 years ago and nothing else has to be done. You just have to receive it and believe it and trust it. Hallelujah. Well, the devil will tell you, well, how do you know you didn't, uh, you didn't say the right thing? How does he know? He ain't saved. You quit listening to that book. Well, what if you didn't do everything right? You haven't never done anything right. Neither have I. I can go ahead and tell you the day you went to the altar. If it's left up to me and you, just go ahead and chalk it up. You didn't do it all right. But thank God Jesus knew a long time ago we couldn't do nothing right. So he did it all right at Calvary, amen. And he said, if you'll just come and if you'll just believe, I'm telling you a seven-year-old don't have the intellect that a 17-year-old has, but if he comes and he believes the best way that he knows how, God's already done it all. And thank God there's protection for him just like somebody else. Oh, Brother Oliver B. Green said the devil bothered him for months after he got saved because when he got saved, he didn't call on Jesus. He said, God save me. He said the devil wrote him hard for months and said, you didn't get saved, Oliver, because you didn't call on Jesus. And you've heard them preachers say that if you're going to be saved, you've got to call on Jesus and ask him to save you. He said he tried to get saved again and again, but he said every time he'd bow his head to pray, he felt so foolish and felt like nothing was there. He said one day he said, God, I don't even know if I'm saved or not. He said because I didn't call on Jesus Christ the day I got saved. He said the Holy Ghost spoke back to him and said, Oliver, you can't dissect the Trinity, amen when you called on God I'm going to tell you what happens to a lot of people when they start out of that pew and make their way to the altar, if they come with a broken and contrite spirit uh, listen, there's a whole lot of them got in before they ever got down here and said anything amen, you know why? Because they came believing, hallelujah, I'm not telling you don't have to pray, but what I'm telling you is it's not based on what we did, it's based on what he's done hallelujah you got to get past yourself to be secure. 
He gives them protection. That's what this door does. It gives protection. That has to do with our forever. Then I would say this morning, Jesus, the door of salvation, not only gives us protection, but thank God it gives us privileges. Look what he said in this verse. And shall go in and out. And shall go in and out. That protection has to do with our forever. That privilege, those privileges has to do with our freedom. You see, when God saves us, listen, He didn't save us to bind us. He saved us to bless us. Amen. He didn't save us to make slaves out of us. Thank God He made saints out of us. Amen. He didn't save us to ruin us. He saved us to redeem us. Amen. I'm telling you, He didn't save us to make us miserable. But thank God He saved us to manifest the grace of God. And can I tell you this morning, I'm glad that I've got freedom and liberty in Jesus Christ. Brother, I'm not shackled by sin anymore. You say, Brother Grabley, do you still sin? Sure I do. But I'm not a slave to it no more. I don't have to be a slave to sin. I can say no because there's someone living on the inside and he changes the want to. He puts something in you that makes you not want to live for this world and makes you not want to live for the lust of the flesh and for the devil. But he puts a desire on the inside that lets you go in and out. There's freedom in Christ this morning. The greatest freedom you'll ever know is in Jesus. There's no freedom in drugs. There's no freedom in booze this morning. There's bondage in all that. Just take a good look at people that are living their life that way, young people. Do they look free? Spending every minute and every moment and every dime and dollar that they got to buy their next fix. That doesn't look like freedom to me. I'm telling you, think about living in sinful pleasures and wickedness. I'm telling you, listen, having all kinds of sick diseases because you've went out there and lived like dogs and laid with the dogs. That doesn't look like freedom, amen. When you've got to take shots and you've got to take pills because of something that happened that you can't even remember and somebody left you in a one night stand. That's not freedom at all. Amen. That's just bondage. Amen. I'll tell you what real freedom is. It's being able to have a pure conscience. It's being able to lay your head down at night. You say, well, I didn't live that way, but God saved me. Yeah, but you got a pure conscience. You can forget those things which are behind, and you can pillow your head at night knowing it's under the blood. Amen. And if you've never been out there, then you can pillow your head at night and know that, thank God, God saved you from some things. He saved you out of some things. I'm saying this morning uh, he gives us the privilege to come and to go and to enjoy the life that we have how many of you this morning can raise your hand and truthfully say you enjoy life it's about 50 percent that's more than I thought we'd get in a Baptist church I'm telling you it good to be saved I'm telling you any good to to get up on a Sunday morning and go to church oh we got up this morning he was getting ready And thank God the power went out. Isn't that a blessing? I looked at my wife. I said, boy, it's a real blessing this morning, isn't it? I'm not even going to get mad about it. Just thank God it went out. You say, why? Because it don't do no good to get upset. But I'll tell you this morning, you you know, when you look at life and you think about all that God... I got up this morning. Hey, I didn't get up with a hangover. I didn't get up with a life of regrets. I got up with the same person I laid down with last night. I'm talking about if, you, if you're living your life that way, you ought to thank God for that. I'm in my right mind this morning. I don't have much of one, but thank God it's as right as it's ever going to be. Amen. 
I'm just telling you, isn't it good to be in your, your right mind today? Isn't it good to, to know that you don't have to go around looking over your shoulder all the time uh, waiting for your past to catch up with you because it's under the blood. It's been washed away. It's been forgiven this morning. I'm telling you, you can come and you can go and you can serve God. That's a privilege this morning uh, to have a family, to have a good church to go to. That's why every time we go to church, we ought to say it, man. Every time we go to church, we ought to give a good hand wave toward heaven. Every time we go to church, we ought to not look at our watch uh, and we ought to think about the goodness of God. Uh, hey, Thanksgiving is a lifestyle for the child of God because we're reminded every day that he daily loadeth us with benefits. Uh, he's been better to us than what we deserve. He's done far more than what we ever expected. Uh, I'm telling you, we're privileged. We're blessed individuals today and have sat in the house of God in our right mind. Uh, hey, we're not behind bars this morning. Uh, and we're not laying in a ditch somewhere. Uh, we can go in and out and we can love God and worship God, that's a privilege this morning. You know why it's that way in your life and mine? Because if you're saved, you've been through that door. You don't believe that this morning? Think about this thought. Where would you be today? What would you be doing right now if you hadn't went through that door? There's no telling where the majority of us would be at today. He gives us protection. He gives us privilege. And then finally, He gives us pasture. That protection has to do with our forever. That privilege has to do with our freedom. But that pasture has to do with our fullness. He findeth pasture. You see, in Bible days, the shepherd was the door. Because that's how the sheep entered and left from pasture to pasture. It was by the hand of the shepherd, the guidance of the shepherd, he knew where the luscious fields were. He knew where to lead them. He knew where to guide them. As we sing the old song, God leads his dear children alone. The psalmist said in Psalms 23, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth us. I'm so glad that this morning that the door of salvation gives us protection, privileges, but pastures. Those pastures are green pastures. They're guided pastures. They're gracious pastures. They're glorious pastures. You think about this morning in your life, you think about where God has led you. Most of us would not even be sitting here this morning had it not been for the hand of the shepherd. I'm telling you the reason I'm at Bible Baptist Church and the reason most of us are at Bible Baptist Church is because God led you here. I'd have never picked this place, and that's not anything negative about this place. But I'd have never picked to be here. You'd have never picked to be here. We didn't have it in our plans. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't on our bucket list growing up uh, that we're going to move to this area. We're going, you say, well, I was born here. It wasn't in your plans to be here, but God put you here. You say, well, I, I was born here, and I didn't have a choice. No, but God put somebody here. He led you here. You didn't get here by, by mapping it out yourself. Remember I called Brother Black when you was... Y'all wasn't, uh, you was looking for a church. We knew each other prior to them coming here. I called him one day. I said, hey, I heard you and you're looking for a church. And I said, I happen to know a good one. <laughs> and he talked to me and I said, well, come. I said, won't you come over and visit with us? And I remember Brother Lance Carpenter was here with us on that Sunday. I said, you know Brother Lance? I said, come over that Sunday. And when I hung the phone up, no lady, she said, well, how'd it go? I said, well, he's coming, but they ain't going to stay. She said, how do you know that? I said, I can tell him his voice. It's amazing how we can figure stuff out. And you know, he has stayed so good, I've tried to run him off. <laughs> Purposely. 
I'm telling you, I mean, he, he's like country music. He ain't going nowhere, like it or not. He's here to stay. And I'm thinking, but, but you know what? God led you here, didn't he? Haven't we been blessed? Well, I look around this church this morning, and I see person after person, face after face. God brought you here. You know, if God leads me someplace, he's going to have to tell me before I ever leave. It's got to be as real as it was the coming, the going. It's got to be as real as the coming. And that's how God works in our life. He leads us into the right pastures. If, if it was left up to us, oh, we map our life out. But God has to intervene because if we go by our plans, if everything goes the way we figured it, it would be a disaster. You say, well, i got plans. Nothing wrong with that. But when God changes it, just know the shepherd knows the way better than we do. He sees the next hilltop. He knows what's around the corner. He knows what we're facing in life, and He knows the turn of events in life. And I am so thankful this morning that I went through a door that don't just end in a room. Thank God through that door I found a friend. And that friend has guided me as the old songwriters, they sung it the other day, the unseen hand guides us through this weary land. This morning as we stand, Jesus, the door, he is the door this morning. Friend, have you been through that door? Do you know Christ and the free pardon of sin?